Tom Panos, thank you for coming to Love. Have enjoyed your training, enjoyed your content. We appreciate your time. Man, I've got to tell you, it's the, the, the uh, I'm not saying it just to be nice or to cruel to you. It was an absolute privilege being in. Like you've got to understand, just like you've got good listings and bad listings, good buyers and bad buyers. You know, I have good training sessions and good groups I work with, and and bad ones, and some that are okay. Um, this is up there. Um, because I love working with high coachability, right? And you've got that here with your people. Thank you, Tom. Very kind words. Tom, we've been speaking uh, off air. We've, we've done a fair bit of training in that training room. And, uh, and there's, you've shared lots of information that can not only shape a person, but also give them the tools that they require to be a great real estate agent. I wanted to ask you that outside of the tools that you've shared today, What's the biggest thing that you think someone in the industry should be working on before they start working on the words and the tools? So what I say to people, work on your mindset that you become such a black belt of the mind that you can actually handle the heights of exhilaration and depths of depression that come with real estate and... I think you'll find that everything else will fall into place. Tom, I I look at that advice, right, and I couldn't agree with you anymore. I think one of the things that I've personally loved about this industry is that I've always seen it as sport, but I've seen it as a sport being who you are or who you become under pressure is a direct reflection of what the results will look like on the board. And that ability to control your emotion and be happy under suffering, which I think I heard Kerwin Ray define that as grit. You know, he defined having grit as a human is being able to be happy whilst enduring suffering. And if you look at our industry, you know, whether or not it's principals that are listening to this, other real estate agents, or even people in the community that are wondering what the heck real estate agents do, they'd probably be surprised exactly what we're up against on a day-to-day basis people outside of the industry and then the people within the industry you know exactly what we're up against every day and you have to be ahead of the game we've got so many things we have to battle with Mm. these days you've got the modern technology you've got everyone's an expert you have to out knowledge google in order to be valuable to the clients as well so we've got everything that we need to battle everything that we need to endure And who you are as a human is a direct reflection as to what value you place in the work environment and to the consumer. So, Tom, it's spot on what you're saying. That's definitely number one. What would number two be? The girl or guy in the market that solves the most problems wins the most money, right? So if you turn around and you say, if you solve a problem for one person, you'll get rewarded for the reward of that one person. If you've got the ability to solve a problem for a 100 sellers, you actually get rewarded more than the person that solved it for one seller. If you're someone that is a Steve Jobs, you end up creating solutions that solve problems for billions of people. Mm. Of course, um, you win even a bigger game. So I think if you turn around and say hey, in my role in real estate, I've got to basically become a bit like 
a bit like a priest does to their parish. You've got a community. That community might be, you know, 5,000 people in a particular market. If you take the role that um, I'm the custodian of this community, these people have problems. I will actually solve their problems better, faster, sharper than any of my competitors, right? Um, you'll be rewarded. So I think go in with the approach, not what can I take out of it. What am I going to bring into this um, would probably be the second thing that I think that's the perspective an agent's got to have. Problem solving and what can you bring in to this equation yes. to value add to it. Yes. Because we're dealing with people. We're yes. dealing with people. We're problem solvers. And I've never heard it explained like that. You know, I've heard you say, and, and you hear other people say, you need to be the practitioner. You know, so what we need, we need a diagnosis mm. before we can then go and prescribe what it is that we need to do. Yes. Well, first of all, as a real estate agent, you've got to be trusted. And in order to be trusted, you need to turn up as being different. So by positioning yourself where you're bringing something to give, mm. where you're that trusted person and can get to the core yeah. of the problem, so you can yeah. find a solution, and that's how you become a voice or is, mm. more the case, to many. You've mentioned a word that is used often by educators, by uh, agents, by the whole society, which is trust. It is your superpower. It is your trust is your yeah, superpower. It is your superpower, right? And the best way to earn trust is people don't watch what you say, they watch what you do. Yes. And so what are you doing for the community? What are you giving? And in that answer, you don't need to speak trust ever again because it's shown in your actions and it will be earned very quickly. You can earn trust pretty quickly if your words match your, match your actions, but once you've lost it, you may never get it back ever again. On, and it could take you, those words and actions being aligned or having your audio match your video mm. could be a 10-year project that's lost in 20 seconds. Exactly. Right, so 20, lost it's a 20-second it's a yeah. 20, 20 project to actually kill a 10-year project. Mm. So what's changed in real estate a lot since the time that I was selling, which was in the late 80s and early 90s, is that often now at a listing presentation much of the listing presentations actually done before the listing presentation and what you've got is these digital interviews that are taking place mm. and you've actually got interactions between a real estate agent and the client and how much they've been jabbing away to that client before the listing presentation because we clearly know that frequency builds trust so if you've been able to have a relationship there's been a lot of frequent touch points and you're doing things in the community when you're sitting down at a listing presentation it ain't zero 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 between three agents you see the agent that has got evidence that they've actually built an equity of trust. It's like deposits into a bank account. You're sitting at a listing presentation and they're already 10 nil ahead, right? The other thing that you've said that's interesting, which is yes, it should be a given, but it's actually even more so in real estate because from a trust factor, we automatically in real estate begin with a minus score. We do. Yeah. We most definitely do. Let's yeah. just be raw. Let's just yeah. get that on the table. Yeah. Because if we acknowledge that, yeah. We can then do something about it. But the moment we turn up, we have a minus score straight away. See, 
people aren't actually, you know, if you think about how the judicial system works, how it's meant to work is innocent until proven guilty. That's actually how it's designed. Mm. But you see, in the modern world, it's guilty until proven innocent. Yes. That's how we work as society. You think about it. Like, as soon as something's apparent, as soon as someone's apparently done something wrong, it's like, you're guilty Mm. until you prove me otherwise. As a real estate agent, you're non-trustworthy until you prove me otherwise. So you're right. How are you turning up to that appointment? Are you turning up at minus? Are you turning up at even? Or are you turning up plus one, plus two, plus three? Mm. What are you doing Mm. in order to get those deposits Mm. and be ahead of everyone before you get in that seat? Tom, is it important to worry about what the opposition are doing? Is it important to worry about what others are doing? Okay, so um, I used to think the answer is no. I used to think, hey, it makes no difference. Stick to your lane, do your own thing. And I heard all the rhetoric, which is, hey, the opposition, the competition is not another agent. It's your ego. It's your lack of time management. It's your lack of digital skills. And I agree with all of those things. They're things that have you got control over. However, let's be clear. In a sporting code, what actually happens is there's this combination of here are our strengths. This is what we do. This is what we double down on. This week we're playing Team A. We clearly know that they have these weaknesses. Mm. We need to ensure that we capitalise on those weaknesses. So what does that look like in a real estate perspective? Oh. It's, so, so it's really simple. You turn, you, turn, you turn around and you say, what are your strengths? So let's pick the, the strength here. Is when you list, uh, let, let's assume one of the strengths that you've got is that you've got uh, an effective business unit, yep. right? And a unit that actually has got a number of people that uh, contribute towards the sale of a property. What happens is if you know that you've got a competitor that's going into a listing presentation that doesn't have that model, you could turn around and say, hey, I want to let you know, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, by going with us, you're actually getting three people working for your property at the one time. I want to tell you about each team member, and I want to tell you what each person does. And I want to also let you know, before I came out here today, I've actually ascertained who are the three people that I think are a high probability bias of your property, and I want to explain those, right? So what you're doing is you're doubling down on your strengths, knowing that there's going to be a solo person there. Alternatively, let's assume someone that's watching or listening to this is working for an office that's a very small office, right? Which I know yours is not, right? Mm. But they're working for a small office. And let's assume that they're up against an agent that's going up against them and saying, oh, we sold the most prop, we sold more properties than any other agent there, right? If you're a smaller person, maybe then what you turn around and say, hey, listen, we don't sell the most properties, but we sell the properties for most. All I'm saying is you mm. look at an right. ang- you look you look at an angle. So it does matter, you know, and that's why you've got video coaching that uh, coaches are doing during the week saying, this is what our this is what our competitors are doing, right? This is what they're doing. So it does matter, but I would say that you should spend 80% of the time on the controllables, which are the things that you can do, right? And um, not be so so uh, concerned, but you should do a SWOT analysis once a year. You should be doing a SWOT analysis and competitor analysis in the marketplace. I know. like that. Yeah. You know, and really, that's big business mentality. And that's how we should be thinking. If we're, if we're into betterment, if we're thinking of positioning ourselves correctly, 
in the marketplace, making sure that we're arming ourselves with the equipment and the tools that strengthen our position, well then, why would you not do that SWOT analysis? It's got to be on the agenda. Every year, SWOT analysis, get out there, mystery shopping. Stephen, if Alan Joyce from Qantas was listening to this, he would know 100% Qantas does this. They sit there. They worry about what Virgin's doing. Of course they are. They're you looking at what to. they're they're looking at their price points, right? Oh wow, what are they doing? Ooh, they've upgraded what they're going to be doing in business class on food. Oh, they're doing that in the lounges. These things matter, right? I'm not saying that you sit there and all you do is sit there with paranoia and looking at your competitors. No, no, you do a SWOT analysis. Yeah. You look at what they've got. You make some key decisions. You move on. Correct. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier in one of the questions about being in real estate on the field in, did you say 1985? It was around, <laughs> it was around July 1988. It was, by the way, it was, a, it, was, it was a much bigger boom than the boom we've got now. Really? In 1988, Stephen, prices doubled in 18 months. That hasn't happened in real estate. So houses that were selling. So back then, let me tell you, you know what the name of the game if you're a salesman was? What? The minute you got a listing, who had the fastest car to show the most buys? <laughs> that was it. It was Tom, how fast was your car? I had a, a, a Mitsubishi Magna that had chronic problems. The old Mitsubishi Magna. Yeah. I had one of those. Did Russ, you have a, Yeah. The rust rattled in the door when I shut it. Yeah, it was apparently <laughs> it was one of the worst cars smoke. built. You know? Oh, it was a bad car. However, okay, nineteen eighty eight. What's different in the industry other than the way we communicate, meaning, as an example, using other realms to contact each other and CRMs and these type of things, what's changed other than that in the industry? Not much. And I know that's just, and I know it's, you know, a lot of people are, you know, are gonna say, Oh, Panos the old dinosaur. He's he's <laughs> he's 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 way out of date. Well if you are saying that, I wanna let you know chances are I've got 20 or 30 times more engagement than you on social media, but I've never been sucked in to understand that the basic fundamentals in real estate have not significantly changed. So let's go quickly through it. Yeah, let's go through them. Okay. I'd like so to hear you what they are. So you turn around and you say, oh yeah, but you know, Tommy, there was, there, was no, there, was no, there was no Facebook then. Yeah, there was a local paper, right? So mm. now you've got Facebook with yep. targeted marketing. You can still hit geographically, mm. that's the local paper. So if you turn around and we're trying to compare media, hey, it's just different media. But let's look at the good real estate agents. You go off and look at girls or guys that are crushing it in real estate and you keep seeing some fundamental common denominators. They make more calls than their competitors. They've got better product knowledge than their competitors. They're able to overcome rejection better than competitors. They've got a very good story at the listing presentation. They actually know how to get more money because they're really good at negotiating. They know how to stand out because they know if you want to win out, you've got to stand out. I've got to tell you, they were the same principles in 1989 when I was working for the professionals at Chambers Fleming Padstow. I have to tell you, if I had to go do a talk tomorrow at ARIC and I just pulled out exactly what a good agent was doing back in 1989, hey, it wouldn't be significantly different. Mm. And I think that's really interesting. I wanted to finish off on that, Tom, because I think that a lot of people can run off and go and focus on the modern agent. And I don't know who designed that term, the modern agent. Hopefully it wasn't you. No. 
thank goodness. But I just look at the modern agent. Isn't it just an agent? Isn't it just an agent? Like, I don't go and hop in a modern car. I don't live in a modern home. I don't wear modern shoes. It's just a car, house and shoes. The modern agent, you're just an agent in this time on the planet communicating with people using the tools and resources that are available to us. But I, you know what? At the start of COVID, when I was talking to our team here, everyone was going to digital, right? And we had to go to digital. It was the way it was working. It was the way it was going. Now, I think before um, before COVID, I think it was only something like 4,500 homes or whatever it was, you probably know the statistics, on realestate.com.au had videos. Mm. And then when we got into the middle of COVID, basically everything had videos. Mm. Well, I'm not sure if you've done your research, but videos has dropped yet again. Right, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, videos right. has dropped right off. And I remember saying, and we've pushed ahead with videos, so well done to our media team. But I remember saying to everyone here, I was saying, do you know what? How long has the human race been on the planet for? How long have we been here? We crave physical touch. We crave face-to-face connection. We crave that interaction. Now, Scott Wilson, who was the CEO of iSelect, said something like, Steve, just be very careful. I want you to pivot for the moment, but make sure it's only adjustment and you provide a safe way of engaging with people physically because something like 7% of all sales are digital, Mm. right? 93% of all the world sales, at some point, there's some level of human interaction. Mm. Now, let's just say it's 10%. Let's just say he's out. He he was the CEO of iSelect, so he's pretty, he would, knows all about statistics. He owns an AI company. And so I said, so he said, so we're going to be estranged from the way we communicate during COVID. But have you ever seen a dog let out of a tight yard when its owner comes home and it runs around Mm -hmm. like a maniac? Mm -hmm. Once we're all able to reconnect with each other the way that we have for the last goodness knows how many years, we're going to do that because that's our natural state of being. The reason why I share that is because we've got to understand that being agents, it's about being with people. It's about connecting with people. It's about picking up the phone. It's about getting face-to-face. It's about being that person that can solve the problems, do a negotiation. Mm. Yeah, sure, we've got our digital communication. We're sure we've got our digital platforms. But if that's all you're relying on, well, then you're not going to get too far as a modern agent. So technology does not substitute, it complements, right? That's, must complement. It must. Has to. And, you know, there's a thing that you talk about, which is the face-to-face. The actual term psychologists use is called emotional contagion, and that is that there is a form of interaction. It's hard to describe because it's a bit like the wind. Whilst you can't see it, you know that it's there. Yeah. It actually can be felt. And emotional contagion is the same thing. It can't be actually touched, but in that interaction, what actually happens is there's like this vibrational energy field that goes from one person to the other that says, I trust her, she's the one. That can't actually be taken if there is no physical eyeball-to-eyeball, belly-to-belly. Now, virtual selling... So this is scientifically proven. Yeah, it's emotional yeah, contagion. It so if anyone's thinking, oh, Tom Panos is just you know splurting stuff, go Google it there. Emotional contagion basically says that the interaction, which includes what's happening with eyeball-to-eyeball, right, mm. and what's happening with the tone modality, right, mm. um, 
And I have to say to you, like it's become very clear through Zoom that I get involved, I get involved with various strategy meetings with News Corporation, and I have to say to you, Zoom interactions score low on trust. It's really simple. Wow. I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to sit there on a Zoom and say something, knowing that that person's going to pull out a mobile phone without me watching, videotape it, potentially even edit it. Show. Oh, look, look at look what the panel says, man. So that basically means that it lacks authenticity because mm-hmm. you can't say what needs to be said. But in a room with another person, you can say what needs to be said, not what you think should be said. I think that's a really good place to finish off on. And I want to clear something up when you said, you know, if anyone thinks earlier we are talking about, uh, you know, Dinosaur Tommy, I think that anyone would be hard-pressed saying Dinosaur Tommy because I think in our industry, without a shadow of doubt, you are leading the industry with your online content, with the way that you've uh, positioned yourself as a trainer uh, in the world of digital and, and social and what you're doing with real estate, gym, And uh, certainly someone that we've gotten a lot of content from today. And I think if anyone's looking to supersize their business, supersize themselves as a person and reposition themselves in general to not only improve their lives in real estate but as a human and uh, and most of all anyone that's a technician wanting to uh, work out what's working what's happening Tom Panos this is the man you need to connect with and I want to thank you wholeheartedly for coming in today uh, after a connection we made two weeks ago so thank you very much Tom thank you so much If you like what you've heard today, remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, remember hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.